You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Earth Oddity. We thank you so much for joining us, whether you are trying to own the vegans by eating squirrel sushi in front of them, or you've been missing for 10 years in a grocery store. We thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks for tuning in. Yes, I am your host, Christopher Tiny Sullivan. With me, as always, is my deacon friend, John Long. How you doing? (laughs) I'm fine. Doing just fine. I would like you to leave the deacon off. The less people know, the less disappointed they are. Okay. I'd like for that to be a surprise later on. <laughs> oh, man. You got any good stories this week? I mean, I have several. I have several. We almost all, humanity almost died this week, which is a big story that we probably should have known about beforehand. <laughs> yes. Also got a, a very Alabama story out of Ohio. Okay. So, okay. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I want to leave a little mystery for everybody. Well, I have another story about redneck ingenuity. Also, real quick, we have an interview with Chris Cowan coming up later on in the show. He is a part-time contributor to the Babylon Bee, and he was very gracious to give me about 20 minutes of his time to talk about some of the things he does over there. Also, the interview was recorded in my car, (laughs) so apologies for some of the sound if it's, you know, a little bit off. Did but, you, oh, like, pick him up? No, know, hey, I'll no. come over to your house. <laughs> no, he's living on the West Coast, <laughs> okay. so that would have been a long drive. <laughs> you said to go out there and get some quiet, you know, <laughs> yes. with the kids and everything? As, that is absolutely the case. That makes sense. So, I understand. But I really do. I think I salvaged it pretty good. I think it sounds pretty good. It sounds I, okay. I, so. I have faith in you. All right. Yeah. But I want to start with this one. Did you see this, that... Donald Trump stood before a doctored presidential seal when he was addressing. I did see that. A group of young conservatives. Yeah, right. It was at the, was it Turning Point? Yes, it was. Right, of course. So. Yes. Anyway, the story here. As Donald Trump addressed a right-wing crowd in Washington on Tuesday, the audience roared in support, but it was a doctored on-screen display that ultimately took center stage. As a student summit hosted by the conservative group Turning Point USA, the president stood before what looks to the casual observer very much as a U.S. presidential seal. A thorough examination by the Washington Post, however, revealed some odd tweaks to the image. First, the eagle has not one but two heads, That's right. making it look a lot like Russia's coat of arms. <laughs> Instead of holding arrows, the eagle is holding golf clubs. That's right. <laughs> and then the piece de resistance. <laughs> Instead of the U.S. motto, E Plurius Unum, the seal says in Spanish, 45 is a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. I think it had dollar bills on the other side. Did you say that? And I just drifted off. It doesn't mention that in this article, but when you look at it, yeah, I believe it did have dollar bills in its other 
Talon. <laughs> yeah, so the Talon. Eagles don't have hands. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, in other words, a proud presidential symbol was apparently reworked to shame Trump over two of the biggest targets of anti-Trump criticism, Russian involvement in the 2016 election and excessive golfing. And it was displayed behind the president for all to see. How this happened was initially a mystery on Wednesday. The Post spoke to a White House representative who said officials had not yet seen the image in advance. A spokesperson for Turning Point USA, meanwhile, told the paper he was stumped as to the origins of the image, characterizing it as a last-minute AV mistake. Oh, yeah, of course. Because, <laughs> you know, the president's coming to talk, and everything is done last minute, right. you yeah. know. Right, we're just sliding in graphics work right at the last minute. Like it's like Sunday morning before the worship service. Yeah. yeah. But on Thursday, the Post reported that the image had been created by a graphic designer who, though a former Republican, is no fan of Donald Trump. Charles Lazot didn't plan for the image to be displayed behind the president. It's just something that I tossed together, he told the paper. This was just a goofy thing for some people that I knew. A turning point spokesman said that a staffer, who has been fired, of course, <laughs> surprise, surprise, <laughs> stumbled on the image in an online search and used it in error. I don't think it was malicious intent, the representative told the paper. Lazat calls that a load of crap, noting that finding the image would require an intentional search. It appears on anti-Trump gear that he sells online. He called the staffer either wildly incompetent or the best troll ever. Yeah. Either way, I love him. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I would just like to say congratulations to the guy who was fired or lady who was fired <laughs> on your upcoming job at MSNBC. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you've you really parlayed this into a, into a career move for you, so that's good. No. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how how careless do you have to be? Right. To, I would assume. Now, I don't know. I've never been to anywhere that any president yeah. has spoken. True. Yeah. You know, I typically don't get invited to those type yeah, they, of events. They don't let people like me and you into those places. <laughs> but I would just assume that if I was hosting the president. Whether it's Trump, Obama, right, Clinton, Bush, whoever, Roosevelt, whoever, <laughs> yes, my favorite, Teddy yeah. Roosevelt, right, yeah, Teddy was a back man. from the grave, that's yeah, right, yes, I would assume whoever it is, you're gonna be, oh, you got to double check I everything, know. right, yeah, yeah, you can't let the intern graphic design guy not submit what he's gonna be doing to be checked and tested uh -huh. and all that beforehand. I would just think that's standard operating procedure. And surely somebody at Turning Point's got to okay yeah. this, don't they? I right, mean, do they yeah. just look at the the interns and say, "All right, man, just do your best." Yeah, hey, get on out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, MAGA, you know, yeah. whatever. So, man, yeah, I don't know. I just would hate to get the stern talking to from Candace Owens that this person probably got because she just would light them up. <laughs> but how about everybody in the crowd cheering, you know, and not even <laughs> noticing? I guess <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody going, hey. That eagle's got golf clubs in his hand, you know? And dollar bills. And dollar bills. And they were overwhelmed with Trump. <laughs> that's you know? not Latin. That's Spanish. That's right. It says Trump is a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know that he's a puppet any more than no, any other politician no. we've had. Yeah, to be clear, I don't think our president is a Russian yeah, puppet. I no. mean, I think that's pretty obvious to yeah. anyone who's really been paying attention. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to keep driving it home until after the election's over <laughs> yeah. with. So don't I, just get ready, everybody. Yeah, I think the problem is, is that he's not a puppet. Yeah, right. Because we've looked for like three years <laughs> and we can't tag anything on him yet. You know? And he's not an elite. Like, look, everybody.
everyone's free to have their opinions about Donald Trump. But right. one thing I don't think we can argue about is while he may be in the billionaires club and running some That's elite debatable social, too. right? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure in New York he ran in some elite social circles, but as far as politics goes, no, he is an outsider. Absolutely. And Big time. I don't think a puppet would be yelling in all caps on his Twitter feed every day. No, you know? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's a puppet either. And I really think, I mean, not to get off on the whole Russia investigation, but every presidency, no matter who it is, has some scandals come up. You right. Know, whether it's uh And they're all bad. Yeah, they're all bad. <laughs> you know, I don't all care right? who's in office. But what we've done for three years is only focus on one scandal that is every day looking more and more or less true you yes. know, to any objective person. Right. And, and there's no telling what all has happened. You know, he's probably cheated on his wife four or five times. <laughs> you know, he's gone golfing all the time. And all we're worried about is him being a Russian agent or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean. Which is probably one of the, I mean, Everyone, we can all agree that that's pretty far-fetched, can't right. we? yeah. That Trump is some kind of Russian Manchurian candidate? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's plenty of people who are defending Trump just like we just did who believed Obama was like a Muslim sleeper cell, <laughs> that's too. true. You know? <laughs> yes. People throw objectivity out when it they comes do. to politics. They For do. some reason, I don't get it, but, you know, whatever. Well, it's team sports. It's true. It's all it about really my is. team. I'm it red really team is. or I'm blue team. Yeah. Okay, so... Sucks for a young man or woman who got fired, but at least he didn't get arrested like our next person here because it's not a political crime yet to make fun of a politician, even while you're using the backdrop that he's standing in front of him to do. But this guy here from out in Arkansas got arrested. Um, the headline reads, Campers Arrested with LSD-Laced Dog Biscuits in Arkansas. And the guy's mugshot looks exactly like someone <laughs> that would be yes. peddling LSD laced dog biscuits. It's from Hot Springs, Arkansas. I've been there before. A 25-year-old Louisiana man has been arrested in western Arkansas after he was allegedly found with psychedelic mushrooms, LSD laced dog biscuits, and a variety of other drugs. Now, I'm unaware of what music festival was going around <laughs> in the Hot Springs you know, area, but apparently he was on his way. The Sentinel Record reports Quincy Edward Bordreau of Monroe, Louisiana, was arrested on multiple felony counts late Friday night at a state park about 70 miles west of Little Rock. Two other men were arrested on misdemeanor drug counts. Online court records show Bordreau pleaded not guilty. A probable cause affidavit says park rangers found the men sitting at a picnic table after detecting marijuana odors. Oh, no. Of course. This is CBD oil, I'm sure. <laughs> um, the rangers also found a jar containing suspected marijuana, a baggie with mushrooms Bordreau allegedly identified as psychedelic mushrooms, and aluminum foil packs that contained halves of dog biscuits that tested positive for LSD. That's all the information we have. But they so, said his dog was in real a really good mood. I was about to say, when you're lacing dog biscuits with LSD, yeah. are you trying to slip those past the cops and then you're eating the dog biscuits? Or are you just trying to get your dog high? Yeah. I, right, you know? I've, I have no... I'm, this may be a new fad of <laughs> dosing dog biscuits. I've seen sweet tarts and sugar cubes and, of course, your standard stamps and all that. I don't know about dog biscuits. I've eaten dog biscuits before, and uh, they taste like a really bad Triscuit. <laughs> but uh, but I'm unaware of people 
using dog biscuits as a means of conveyance for LSD. Right. But maybe that's something new. Seems to me you would put them on something that you wouldn't want the dog to sniff out, you know, if the <laughs> cops come to your car, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Or maybe they're thinking, hey, if the dog finds them, he eats one, and then he doesn't worry about all the other drugs we have. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't know. But anyways, they had them, and uh, Mr. Bordreau here, Boudreau, is going to be in a little bit of trouble. Because the bad thing about mandatory minimum sentencing for LSD is normally you lace a dog biscuit and they weigh like the whole dog biscuit. Oh. And it may only have like, you know, whatever, 750 micrograms of LSD, actual drug on but it. But because it weighs, it's on a dog biscuit yeah. and not on like a little stamp. Right. It weighs like, you know, <laughs> seven, eight ounces and he's got 20 of them and he ends up being in jail for a very long time. Well, I mean, look, I hate to pass broad sweeping generalizations, but he does look like the kind of guy who just wouldn't think about that. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> there's not a lot of forethought in this guy's mind. No. I've seen this guy many, not him in particular, but <laughs> this guy many times in my life. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've I've had dealings with men like this before, and I'm, I'm sorry that he got arrested, but also probably shouldn't be trafficking drugs. No, and if in you're dog in a, biscuits, yeah, and or if period. You're, you're in a state park, then you should probably, you know, just tone down the drug usage while you're there right. because that is a state park. I had a guy who worked for me once who worked, who took a semester off and went and worked out at like Yellowstone, mm-hmm. got arrested out there for smoking weed, charged with a felony because it was on federal property. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just so everybody knows, if you go to LA, if you go into uh, Yellowstone or whatever. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't get caught doing drugs. Because <laughs> Uncle okay? Sam, he hates your good time. Right. Okay? Yeah. He does not want you to have a good time at all. At all. But I just thought it was interesting this dude had them on dog biscuits. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. Very weird. Well, one thing that we have talked about on this show uh, multiple times, and we're going to talk about it again today, is redneck ingenuity. Oh, you know, a couple of weeks oh, back, yeah. we had a story about, you know, just if we could just steer yeah, red rednecks in the, the right r- direction yeah, and gotta, they could fix all kinds of problems because they get stuff done. Absolutely. Well, Ch- got to channel their energy. <laughs> yes. Today, we have a story about one redneck doing something for good. All right. And I just want y'all to pay attention to what we can accomplish mm-hmm. as the human race if we can just get rednecks on our side. <laughs> got to get them on board. <laughs> yes. Colorado driver replaces taillight with a red sports drink. Okay. (laughs) This comes from Denver. Police say that a driver tried to replace a broken taillight with a red sports drink. Denver news station KMGH-TV reported that Longmount police stopped a driver Monday who placed a red-colored bottled sports drink where his car's rear light should have been. Authorities say that the driver was on his way to get the taillight fixed when officers stopped him in Longmont, 38 miles north of Denver. Officials say that officers didn't ticket the driver who was seen repairing his car later that day. Police say that taillights prevent crashes, and while we appreciate the ingenuity of this taillight, this is not a permanent solution. Well, we read a minute ago he was on his way to get it fixed. Yes, he said that it wasn't a permanent (laughs) solution. Authorities say that vehicles must have a red taillight that can be seen at least 100 feet away during the day. Well, now, I doubt they did some kind of test. Right, yeah, to but, walk back 100 yards. <laughs> yes. But I bet you could see that. Yeah, I mean, 100 I so. feet, that's not that far. Right. This is a man who was going to get his taillight fixed. 
Yeah. But in the meantime, was like, I can't just, I have to follow the law. Right. So I'm going to take this red sports drink and I'm going to, you know, fix well, it up yeah. to where it operates as a taillight. Dude was brilliant. Yeah. I, so was, I, I was told by a redneck <laughs> one time who had a red t-shirt stretched over his taillight that it didn't matter what was there as long as you could see red, you know, when it lit up. <laughs> yes. That's a true From 100 story. feet away. Yeah, I guess I didn't know the 100 feet away, <laughs> yeah. but that's a true story. In the daytime. Had, he had a red t-shirt stretched over his thing. You know, he yes. like took the frame that was around it and, and cut it out and stuck it in there. And that's what he was driving around with. So, so I say this guy is a genius. I'm and, solid citizen. Yeah. You know, really. He could have drove around without a taillight and, and caused people to have accidents. And then he would have got a ticket. Exactly. He was thinking about his other humans. Yeah. So, so way to go, Redneck. Awesome. Redneck of the week. <laughs> yes. That should be a segment for us. We applaud you, sir. That's right. You have won the Earth Oddity Podcast Redneck of the Week Award. You will be <laughs> awarded one can of natural light and a Slim Jim <laughs> yeah. and a pack of Marlboro unfiltered reds or whatever. <laughs> yes. I don't know. But yeah, he was trying to avoid danger, which is good. Right. Now, let me tell you about somebody who almost got us all killed. <laughs> okay. This comes from the usnews.com. A large asteroid just misses Earth. And this hmm. happened just a few days ago. Okay. This article is from the 26th. We're recording this on the 28th. So, you know, it's funny you say that because I didn't see this in the news. Well, your asteroid was almost dead. Oh, all right. <laughs> all of our asteroids are almost dead. <laughs> you can kiss your asteroid goodbye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the asteroid named 2019 OK. Oh, that is menacing. Came within 45,000 miles of Earth, which is really close. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, when you think of how big space is. Yeah. And how far away is the moon? Let me Google that real quick. The moon is 230,000 miles away. I don't know. Double check me. Siri, how far away is the moon? Here's what I found. Oh, just tell me. Yeah, I hate when it populates (laughs) a bunch of web pages. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for nothing, Siri. I bet Google would know. Okay, the moon is 238,900 miles away. Oh, boom. So, I'm pretty much an astronaut, yes. an amateur astronaut. I don't want to brag. And how far away was the asteroid? 45,000 miles. So That's incredibly us, close. Right, than the moon, right? <laughs> if Buzz Aldrin was trying to get to the asteroid, it would not have been nowhere near as long a trip. Right. A large asteroid flew between Earth and the moon this week in a very close encounter. A 328 feet wide asteroid named 2019 OK is the largest to get this close to the Earth this year. I, I would like to know. How often does this happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's just this year. Now, now I'm getting scared. <laughs> it came within 45,000 miles of the planet, soaring at a speed of nearly 55,000 miles per hour. Golly. Yeah. That would be like the Earth getting shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? That would create the Gulf of Mexico somewhere. <laughs> right. You know? Astronomers only started watching the asteroid a few days ago. The Brazilian Sonir survey tracked down the space rock on Wednesday, and the ASAS-SN, <laughs> that sounds bad, the ASAS-SN telescope network detected it shortly after, just hours before it came whizzing by Earth. An asteroid hundreds of feet wide may sound large, but compared to most other objects in space, is quite small. 
Well, yeah, but, but it's going super fast. Yeah, Jupiter's not trying to hit us. You know, <laughs> that's true. Right? Yeah, we miss the object because we miss most objects in this size range. Well, I would like to adjust <laughs> the settings on these things. Okay, <laughs> Amy Manzier, principal investigator of DOI's Asteroid Hunting Space Telescope, told Gizmodo, "The Earth is also mostly uninhabited now." I've heard we're overpopulated. You know? I hear a lot of overpopulation. Read that sentence again. The earth is also mostly uninhabited. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know we're like 70% water, so I'm sure that's what it means. So sometimes meteors land without anyone seeing or reporting the events. When a meteor exploded over the Bering Sea in 2018, creating the second largest recorded fireball in three decades, it went practically unnoticed for months. So Hmm. take comfort in that. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Congress has directed NASA to detect and track 90% of near-Earth objects that are 460 feet or larger. There are estimated to be 25,000 such objects. Alarming. Alarming. And the space agency has only cataloged one third of them so far. <laughs> Great. So it sounds like Earth is pretty much just uh, doing a neo dodge. Yeah, like all these bullets flying around him. Basically, <laughs> I wish I could tell you these events are exceptionally unique," said Jim Bertestein, who's uh, the NASA administrator for the International Academy of Astronauts Planetary Defense Conference. Okay, that's a mighty mouthful <laughs> of stuff. He said, but they are not. Hmm. So in 2013, a meteor roughly 65 feet across entered the Earth's atmosphere over Russia, injuring more than 1,500 people and damaging more than 7,200 buildings. I remember that. I remember that because they were tracking another asteroid, talking yeah. about how close it was going to get and how yeah, and then this everybody booger. look up and, and, and on this night and see it. Yes. And then like the next day, this one slams into Russia. Right. Uh, a meteor event of that size is is statistically supposed to happen once every 60 years. But Bernstein said such events have happened three times in the last 100 years. Hmm. I would say their statistics are off on that. (laughs) Right. So anyways, we almost all died right now this past week, uh, two days ago, really. None of us knew about it, which is actually kind of comforting, I think. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. Yeah. When he said there's always something going on. The right. only reason these people are able to live their lives is they don't know about it. Yes. And, yeah. And if you look at the earth, we've been impacted several times since our creation. Mm-hmm. You know, there are craters everywhere. We thank Jupiter a lot for sucking everything, sucking everything out of up. the solar system. But there's still some who get past, I guess. And this was one of them who was dangerously close to us. <laughs> yes. So. Sooner or later, we're going to get hit again, yeah. you know, unless the Lord comes back. And so just be prepared. Not to mention that the Yellowstone supervolcano is, what was it, like a, a thousand oh, yeah. or something years past, too, right, yeah. for an eruption? Yeah, that thing's going to just wreak havoc. So, and I would like... I hold mean, your loved ones close, people. Yeah. If this asteroid would have hit Earth and we didn't know about it until it hit us, you know, I would be so mad that I went to work, you know? <laughs> yes. you know like, I want to know so I can just take off of work, okay? <laughs> right. Spend the day with my family or whatever. Yeah. 
But if I die driving back from like Thomasville, Alabama, when the asteroid hits, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad when I get to heaven. Or I'm up at 2 a.m. editing this podcast yeah, right. when it's I could never... just be playing video games. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. Not right. They need to track them all. You know, I yeah. know space is a big place, but <laughs> let's get on it, guys. Okay. Our next story is about a former model. He was unhappy with police about his mugshot, and he offered a more flattering selfie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, That's nice. A male model wanted by police was so unhappy with his mugshot that he offered a more flattering selfie to help with the appeal. Nice. Stephen Murphy, 33, who has compared his looks to David Beckham, Ooh. is wanted by police in Lincolnshire for failing to turn up to court. But why male models? Officers issued a mugshot to track him down, but Mr. Murphy, who previously won the title of Mr. Boston, was apparently unhappy with the snap. After the Lincolnshire reporter wrote about the police appeal, Murphy posted a new picture of himself under the story and criticized the paper and the police for sharing, quote, the worst picture of me. (laughs) (laughs) Uploading his own photo of himself, he wrote, and if you get my name right and don't put the worst picture of me on when I've been up for three days in Boston cop shop, you might be able to find me. Post this. It's better for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's saying the reason no one knows where I'm at right. is because because I used a bad picture. I used a bad picture. OK. Murphy, also known as Junior V. Murphy. Oh, Junior. Junior V. Was summoned to Boston Magistrates Court on July 9th for causing criminal damage in the town on May 8th. However, he failed to show up, so is now wanted by police. The runaway model has mocked the Lincolnshire force on his own Facebook page, writing about them, I run this town, not you. Not a good plan on his part, (laughs) you know? Look, the cops... I mean, they work 24 seven, eventually shift work. Somebody's always looking for you. Usually they're going to win. Yeah. But when they do, if you've been heckling them this whole time, it's going to be bad. They're going to be like, oh, he tripped and fell down a flight of stairs. (laughs) Yes. He won't be a model no more. They'll bust that nose (laughs) up real good. You know, he says, I will say when I come in, I run this town, not you. He wrote on Facebook, his Facebook status, which was accompanied by a topless photo of himself with $20 pound notes on his chest. Okay. This morning, he seemed to be enjoying his increased notoriety writing on his profile. Looks like I have speeded it up, LOL. I might be careful. They might put a most wanted post out for a speeding ticket. Good. I hate this guy already. Know. You know, He's such I a started douche. out like not being that bad. You know, like, oh, this is kind of funny. But now I've hated. In yeah. the course of you reading this story, <laughs> I like, hate this, this guy's yeah. a douchebag. That's right. Yeah, I want him to get hurt. But why male models? <laughs> Lincolnshire Police Chief Inspector Jim Trafford told the Standard, "We are aware of some social media posts from a person claiming to be the wanted man, Stephen Murphy. I would urge anyone who knows of Mr. Murphy's whereabouts to inform us as soon as possible, as he has failed to appear at Boston Magistrates Court on July 9th to answer charges of criminal damage. Failure to appear at court is a serious offense. Should Mr. Murphy himself wish to come forward and attend the Boston Police Station, we will be more than happy to." speak to him anyone who has seen stephen murphy or knows of his whereabouts is asked to contact lincolnshire police on 101 quoting incident number 332 of may the 2nd so okay 
there's a runaway model out there and he is telling the police that he runs yeah. the town and he'll come in when he feels like it and yeah he's gonna get a billy club to the face <laughs> you know yes. i mean that's just natural and i won't even be mad you know i'll just be like good that's what you get yeah and don't play with fire you won't get burnt you know? <laughs> that's true <laughs> just leave the cops alone yeah honestly if you're running from the law i think taken to your social media is a pretty bad plan it's a terrible like, plan yeah let's keep a low profile you know i mean if you're running from f- police one thing the first thing you need to do is ditch your phone yeah right exactly. you know, that's like number one thing yeah now understand that this is a speeding or he says it's just for a speeding ticket right. i don't know what it's for but i mean if you're trying to get away from the police and maybe i shouldn't be telling criminals what to do but <laughs> no it's first fine. first thing you do is ditch the phone yeah I'm usually pro-criminal if it's non-violent <laughs> stuff, you know? Yes. I mean, we're supposed to be for freedom and all that. We're not hurting anybody. It's okay, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. But, uh, I, yeah, this dude needs to – he needs to learn a lesson. He needs to learn his lesson. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. He needs to get pulled over by the Alabama State Troopers and just have a beat him up. Because it'll help him be a better criminal in the future. <laughs> That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, let's move on to Ohio Okay. This story is a little old, but it just came across my desktop this week. So the headline is, Ohio woman discovers that her husband was her father. What? 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. Her husband was her father, which that's normal in Alabama, but (laughs) I don't know about Ohio. Well, I'm trying to think about the was, because can you ever... You know, past tense be someone's father. If he was oh, yeah. your father, that means he's your father <laughs> yeah, now, right? True. Well, maybe he passed away or something. Uh, let me read the article because I only skimmed the headlines really until <laughs> we actually do the show. That may be shocking for people <laughs> listening to know. <laughs> An Ohio woman is finally speaking out about the pain she suffered after discovering that the man she married also fathered her. Yikes. Valerie Spruill of Doylestown learned of her husband's identity six years after he passed away, thanks to an uncle who eventually came forward with the truth. Where were you at, oh uncle? <laughs> he, he sat back and let this go on. That's the worst uncle ever right there. I would say, that's your niece, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean... <laughs> Was he hoping he'd get a shot? I don't know. I mean, my gracious. She says she is now going public with her past in hopes that it will inspire those going through a rough time. Okay. (laughs) So, other words, no matter how bad things are, it could be worse. (laughs) You didn't unknowingly marry your daddy. I want this to be more of an inspirational story, the 60-year-old told the newspaper. If I've come through this, anyone can come through anything through the help of the Lord. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Valerie's mother and father, whose name's Percy, by the way, oh man, first started seeing each other when he was 15. It remains unclear how many children they had together, though Valerie said she is aware of six brothers. Valerie's grandmother began taking care of her when she was three months old, but it wasn't until age nine that Valerie discovered the first of many secrets her family had kept from her. She learned that the man she believed was her father was actually her grandfather, and she realized that a woman who said she was a family friend was actually her mother. Oh my, this is all kinds of messed up. Yeah, it's real big messed up. How is this not a Lifetime movie? I don't know. Maybe maybe it has been. We need to check with our Tara, our <laughs> yes. Lifetime movie expert. Um, the story needs to be told because children need to know where they come from. 
Well, yeah, so you don't end up marrying your family yeah, members. Right. And I know it hurts because I've I have been devastated by this, and I imagine she was. <laughs> yes. Her mother, Christine, was a night lady before she died in 1984, Valerie said. Okay, I'm assuming that she wasn't a, a I would, vigilante. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, she wasn't. Not like that kind a, of night lady. Yeah, yeah, I would say prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> Christine testified in the infamous 80s corruption trial of a Summit County probate judge who was later convicted on sex charges. What? So apparently he was messing around with the night ladies. Oh, my gosh. In 2004, Valerie confirmed that her late husband was her father with the help of a DNA test. Oh, no. Valerie said she can't say for certain whether Percy was aware of the extent of their relationship, though she believes he did know and was simply too afraid to tell her. Well, the uncle knew. The the uncle definitely knew. So how does the dude's brother know and he don't? She's still seeing a therapist to come to terms with the difficult revelation. I... 100% agree you need to be in therapy. Um, She's also sought medical treatment for a series of serious medical problems that she believes stems from the stress she endured in the years after the discovery. Golly. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going. I can imagine that therapist like on their first appointment, you know, he's like, he just immediately gets on the phone and he's like, okay, I'm going to need you to cancel every (laughs) appointment I have for the rest of the week. And he just going to block it all off. He's probably like, this is somebody's got a little work stress, you know, maybe (laughs) marriage, money problems. (laughs) She comes in and starts unloading all this on him. You think he gave her? My mom was a prostitute. I married my father. He's passed away. My uncle knew about it. My uncle knew about it. He's just like, oh my God. And I've got six other brothers. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't think I've married any of them. Maybe not. <laughs> so that you wonder if that therapist was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to refer yeah. you to somebody because yeah. I'm not sure I'm equipped. No, really. I just write prescriptions for Xanax and Valium <laughs> to people. Um, you know, like, a little like suburban moms who think they have it real rough, and uh, <laughs> so they can drive around in their huge like Land Cruisers and put everybody else in danger on the road uh, while they're under the influence of some severe psychotic medication. I don't really handle. Marrying your father and being raised by your grandmother while thinking your grandfather's your father and your mom being a family friend and not knowing how many siblings for certain that you have. So And the whole time your uncle's like, LOL. That's right. He's just like over there like, you go, Percy. You know, like, what are you doing, uncle? He's like, prank of the century. Yeah. So the reason she came forward all this, not only to help other people who have been through some trauma that's similar to this. Uh, but also to uh, see if she could find any more siblings that she might have. Got to filter through the dating pool (laughs) (laughs) up in Doylestown, Ohio. That's not right. Oh, man. It's such a crazy story. It's a crazy story, and I cannot tell you how thankful I am that this happened in Ohio. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> so the Facebook group would have been lit up if it was Alabama. You know? Yes. It would have been lit up. And how many people is in this town? I don't know. For her to, you know. Let's see if I can search the population real quick. Uh, oh, hold on. The population of Doylestown, Ohio, as of 2017... Was three thousand eighty six people. Okay, so, so like the size of our hometown. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that's why the the dad was okay with it. I guess so. You don't exactly have a big. Yeah, pool. there's not a lot of people to date. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
I don't know. Not a large uh, population of singles in that town. Yeah. No, no. You're tender. You're going to have to set the mileage <laughs> radius way out. Okay. Yes. Before you find a date. <laughs> but that's horrible. And really for that lady, I can't imagine the psychological trauma. Of, no. Of all of it, just her childhood alone, I take marrying your dad out of it. But my mom's a hooker who is claims to be a family friend. I'm being raised by my grandparents. I think that my granddad's my dad. I'm yeah. finding siblings that I never knew about. That's enough right there. Yeah. You know? That's enough to to get you to the psychologist right away, therapist right away. And then your uncle's in on it. Yeah, and then you find out after (laughs) after your husband that you love dies, okay? (laughs) By the way, I'm grieving my husband. Oh, hey, guess what? He's your father. You know? oh, man. I've, I've known this for a long time. I just kept it from you. <laughs> How do you deal with that? <laughs> no, no. I would just bullet straight to the temple if it was me. You know. I mean, if now I'm thinking about the uncle. If I'm the uncle, there's no way yeah. I'm gonna say no, that, that I knew. That, you take that to the you grave. Know? You got to take that to the grave. I'm gonna be like, well, got me. Yeah. Wow. I didn't <laughs> even know. How I, strange. I have a brother. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just you don't ever. That's one of those. I got a few secrets that I'll take to the grave for me <laughs> that I've never spoken about and never will. For, you didn't marry your people. father, did you? No, 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 no. Didn't marry my dad. <laughs> and these are these are like secrets of of other people that I'm keeping. <laughs> okay, my I got own, you. Okay, I'll take them to the grave with me. There are a few things you just can't bring up ever again. So yeah. But yeah, I feel bad for that lady, really bad. But so glad she's not from Alabama. (laughs) You know, let's go Buckeyes, okay? All right, go Buckeyes. (laughs) Because if it happened in Alabama, everybody be saying Roll Tide. You know, (laughs) they always say Roll Tide. Nobody ever says War Eagle for some reason. (laughs) All right, well. Let's talk about another controversy that is nowhere near as (laughs) okay controversial. (laughs) Okay, are you familiar with the store Forever Twenty One? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually not. Get all my jeans from there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, they recently had to apologize for sending out Atkins bars. Oh, yeah? With uh, certain online orders. Oh, no. Were they, like, putting them in the extra large boxes? <laughs> well, let's just read it. Okay. Forever 21 recently shipped diet bars along with customers' online orders. Not every customer welcomed the surprise addition to their packages. Oh. Many people on social media called Forever 21's diet bar shipments offensive and, quote, Fat phobic. Oh, fat phobic. Have you heard? That's a new one for me. Have you heard that before? No. Well, I because know. I'm just telling you now, from from here on out, anyone who says anything mean to me, <laughs> you know I mean? I'm going to accuse them of being fat phobic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> totally. A number of people on social media said that they received the bars along with orders of plus sized clothing. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> you got to hit your target market, right? Like you ain't sending diet bars to the skinny people. <laughs> well, Atkins markets the bars as low-carb snacks for weight loss. Quote, bought a swimsuit online from Forever 21, and they sent me an Atkins bar along with it, Twitter user Kalia Guerrero wrote. Thank you for reminding me that I don't have a beach-ready bod. <laughs> <laughs> Forever 21 said you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, right. When you get it ready, order a bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. You know, get a two-piece instead of a one-piece. Uh, Forever 21, in a statement, said that it sent the free diet bar samples with all orders and with all sizes. Okay. From time to time, Forever 21 surprises our customers with free test products from third parties in their e-commerce orders, the company said. 
The freebie items in question were included in all online orders across all sizes and categories for a limited time and have since been removed. This was an oversight on our part, and we sincerely apologize for all offense this may have caused to our customers, as this was not our intention in any way. Others on social media confirmed that the bars were sent with all online orders, not just to plus-sized customers. So we got the... <laughs> okay, so the skinny girls got it, too. <laughs> so we got the SJW swooping in saying, no, no, no. Well, I mean, I don't want to say anything too offensive. Well, when do I ever care? <laughs> a lot of your, like, social justice warrior girls got a little weight on them, let's be honest, okay? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I got some weight. As a fellow man of weight, I feel like I can talk about it. They got a little weight on them, okay? There's not too many skinny ones out there, okay? I'm going to white knight the the plus-size SJWs and say that skinny women are capable of being outraged. Oh, absolutely they are. I'm just well. talking about from what I see in the media. So we can end up blaming it on the media. What's projecting me, yes. a lot of big girls out there outraged that President Trump is in office, okay? All the skinny girls are already married up, okay? They ain't got time to get on out there. They're in the kitchen rattling them pot and pans making their man a meal, okay, like they're supposed to be doing. Oh, all man. right? You can cut all that out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, never mind. I'm not kidding. That's, that's my honest perception. And, and it's hey, the media. Hey, I'm a fat dude too. You know, like I, I, I'm, I'm teetering on the edge of just being morbidly obese right now. Okay, I'm like four Twinkies away from it. So I, I'm, I, I feel comfortable saying that, and that's cool. I mean, you, anybody be outraged, but if you want to dye your hair purple and go protest the president, you better put a little weight on if you want to fit in with everybody. Okay, yeah. they always got purple hair too. because. I feel like at the protest when someone just goes limp, yeah, is as a form of non-violent right, yes, right. resistance. We got calling it the skinny. Cop. It's the skinny people who get swooped up and right. handcuffed first. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you're going to form like a human chain or whatever, you want some weight. You know, get some like offensive line size girls in there to set a wide base, and you could take some ground from the like uh, proud boys or whatever. You know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so terrible. Is it or is it true? <laughs> well, again, it's the media. That's yeah, just the, that's how the, media the media portrays exactly, you. Exactly. They're not doing you any favors. No, no. And hey, I don't have any problem. If you want to have some weight on you, have some weight on you. Big is beautiful. That's fine with me. I don't mind. <laughs> John's you know? all about that base. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A wide base. You know, I want to see how you set your tips on an outside rush. You know, like we make it recruit you to play for Alabama. All right. Let's see what your drop step looks like. Okay. Anyway, for <laughs> can you cover the three gap? That's what I want to know. Like, we'll get some tape out to saving. Okay. Uh, Forever 21 said that our brand evolution is reflected in the current marketing efforts to highlight the health benefits of eating a low-carb, low-sugar Atkins lifestyle with a portfolio of nutritious and delicious snacks for everyone, the company said. The criticism comes as diversity and inclusion of people of all shapes, sizes, and colors has increasingly become a focus for retailers and fashion companies. Victoria's Secret has come under fire and lost customers for failing to cater to a wide range. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They have. Of customers of different sizes. Yeah. 
Hey, and uh, Sports Illustrated started putting big girls in the bikini issue, too, in the swimsuit issue, okay. just so everybody knows. I, mean, I, I didn't know that. I don't. Oh, yeah. I typically don't. You don't check it out? I don't get it. I need to know what's up with women's <laughs> swimwear <laughs> yeah. for the summer. You know, right. I have a wife. I may want to buy her a swimsuit. <laughs> it's for clearly research purposes. But anyway, others like Walmart and Target, they've expanded their size options through investments in plus-size labels. I'm shocked that Walmart would stop <laughs> big girl clothes as opposed to Victoria's Secret. I am totally shocked that Walmart would get more stuff in for big women. Alienating plus-size customers could also mean missing out on a huge market opportunity. Again, okay. huge, huge market opportunity. Right. It's an industry analysis estimate to be worth about twenty-one billion. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Well, you don't want to exclude the fat people because America's <laughs> getting fat. Anyways, I'm sorry, big girls. I don't. <laughs> I want to be very clear that I have nothing against <laughs> yes. big women. All right. Now, my right. wife's not a big woman. She's petite. She probably weighs maybe ten pounds more than she did when we started dating or mm-hmm. something. She's not. She's not a big woman. But I don't have anything against big women, and I don't have anything against big women who don't like the president either. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was fine. I'll, I'll join you in some protest, uh, depending on the issue. I was about to say, there are definitely certain things that yeah. I don't like about our president. Oh, yeah. But I also try to keep in mind that, you know, no one's perfect. No. I don't think there's any ever been a president no. who didn't have detractors, at least at yeah. some point, you know. No, half the country hates whoever the president that's is. That's true. Who, that's just the nature of the beast. And, it's a two-party uh, system. Yeah. So, but I don't go. have a lot of free time to go. In protest, so I'm with you in wait. You know, <laughs> I don't know that I can physically be there. Let's talk about another big girl here. I assume <laughs> she's big. And by the way, Forever Twenty One's just like, hey, Atkins probably pays them, you know, whatever five hundred thousand dollars to put our bars in there, so maybe people will try them, lock them, and order them for us. And no one at Forever Twenty One were like, are you serious? Yeah. Are you seriously right. asking? Are us you to do this? put dive bars into women's clothing <laughs> boxes that we're shipping out? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. There's this thing that now that we didn't have back in the day called Twitter. Yeah. Right. And I people, mean, people are, are going to hear about nice this on Twitter. People are so mean on Twitter. You know. <laughs> They are mean about everything. I only follow like sports stuff on Twitter and people will get so mean about it. And I'm just like, hey, guys, we're talking about baseball. And people, they'll say, go die in a fire. Exactly. And I'm like, hey, man, all I said is the Yankees (laughs) are having an off game, you know? Yeah. Like whatever the Braves beat the Phillies 14 to three or whatever it was. And people get mad about it. I've never told anyone to go die in a fire. And they'll be like, you go die in a fire, fat boy. You know? And I'm like, (laughs) Like, it hurt my feelings, you know? (laughs) Let me eat another little Debbie to squash the pain. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I would say I think Forever 21, they're just making a buck, you know, and they yeah. didn't think about the fact that women, no matter their size, don't like to be made to think that they're not the perfect size, right? you know, and for all you women out there, y'all are the perfect size. It's just that I love all of you, yeah. okay? Only one woman could tame this wild stallion, <laughs> and she's right out there in the living room. So I'm sorry all the rest of y'all have to miss out, but uh, I love you like you are, okay? Yes. Let's just say that. Clear the air before we get some hate mail. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This next story about a, about a lady comes from the NewYorkPost.com, but it's actually out of New Mexico. 
And the headline reads, a woman orders food, tells the server, this one's on God before fleeing. Oh, no. (laughs) Which, trust in the Lord to to meet all your needs, okay? But probably not theft. Yeah, that's a commandment. That is. That's one one of the top ten. Yeah, right. That's that's one of the hits. That's on on God's greatest hits album, okay? Uh, uh, (laughs) Anyways, this is from Las Cruz, New Mexico. A New Mexico woman is facing charges after police say she ordered food from a Sonic and told a server, this one's on God. <laughs> Which is a great line, though, by the way. you know It is, but I feel like there's a little bit of responsibility on Sonic here. You don't give them the food <laughs> you get before the, right. you get the money. Yeah. I've noticed, I just for anybody out there, the Jackson Reform will hand you your food before they get your debit card. Oh, no. I've noticed that. I've had to work in Reform a lot in the past couple of weeks. They hand me my bag right on out, but maybe it's because I was going through every day because I'm a fat guy. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say I don't know if I look like a hoodlum or what, but they never give me my food before asking for my payment. <laughs> You're like this dude's definitely running off. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, he's anyone driving who, an old Buick. Yeah. Anyone who knows me would be like, well, if he's running off, he's not going to get far. Right. You know. <laughs> uh, okay, so thirty year old. Delia Hernandez was arrested Monday in a felony robbery case. Oh, no. Police say Hernandez rode her bicycle to a Sonic in Las Cruz <laughs> and ordered a meal. When the server asked for payment, she allegedly told him, this one's on God. And then pedaled away. They say the server told her, that's not how this works, but gave her the meal after she came toward him. So she, like, threatened him, apparently. Oh, no. Or you think she just, like, rolled her bicycle toward him, you know, like, with her feet on the ground? She's, like, menacingly ringing that bell. <laughs> Police later found Hernandez in a nearby park. It's not known if Hernandez has an attorney who could comment on allegations. I would say probably not. Real she doesn't quick. have one on retainer. <laughs> How old is Hernandez? 30. She's 30. <laughs> okay. 30 years old. I was picturing like a 14-year-old girl, <laughs> you know? Authorities say her charges may be reduced. I would like for her not to get a felony for the, stealing a little bit of food. <laughs> okay, Especially since the server said he gave, it, gave her the food, you know? Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, that's all the story says, but I just like the line that this one's on God. I'm going to use that, you know? (laughs) Yes. This is when they pass the offering plate by. I'm going to take a little out. This sermon, this one's on God. This is on God. (laughs) I have a a similar story, and this is only tangentially related, but part of me wants to get it off my chest. Okay. This happened Thursday, okay? I was going to see my dad because he fell and he busted his nose. He's in the hospital. He had low blood pressure. Long story. But anyway, the day before, I'd been trying to get this Blue Yeti microphone, which is a USB microphone just for when I, you know, do live streams, which I don't live stream, but occasionally I'll Google Hangout somebody or whatever. And I wanted to have a good microphone for that. It would just make it easier because for some reason the sound is terrible when I try to use the digital right. uh, recorder as a USB interface. It just don't sound right when I do it. So anyway, <clears throat> we were going to meet in the Target parking lot at 9 o'clock. And I show up right on time. I've got 50 bucks cash in my pocket that I stopped by the bank you know, before I went there. And the guy said he was in a Honda. And I'm just sitting there. And all of a sudden this car this old beat up honda the the radiator uh-huh. you know in the front of the car because like the grill's going or whatever yeah pulls up beside me 
And this dude rolls down his window and I look at him and I'm like, Hey man, so you got my microphone? And the dude's like, No nah, man, I don't I don't have a microphone. But let me tell you something. I'm homeless. Oh. And oh. I, you know, I'm hungry. I don't have any I don't have any money and God has put you right here right now. <laughs> oh no. To, to do his oh, will. No. And I look at the guy and I'm like, wait a minute, are you the guy that I was talking to on Facebook that I was supposed to meet? And he said, yes. Ah. And I'm like, but you don't have my microphone. And he's like, no, man. (laughs) So at this point, I'm thinking this dude has just been leading me on. He just wanted to get me here with $50 cash so he could hit me up. Right. Did you, you tell know, him you did like a somewhat Christian, you were a bad boy of Southern Baptist comedy or anything? No, okay. I didn't tell him that, but I was mad. Because oh, I, I would have been so I, mad. I, I was so angry. Yes. And I didn't yell at the guy, but I told the guy, I was like, dude, you lied to me. Yeah. You know, we were supposed to meet and you were going to sell me this microphone and we had talked about this. And, you know, you straight up lied to me to get me here with like cash in my pocket so you could give me some sob story. Yeah. And he told me he was hungry, and I told him, I was like, well, just in case you really are hungry, which I don't really believe you, right. but just in case you are, I'm going to give you 10 bucks anyway, but I'm really disappointed in you, and I want you to know that God, he knows <laughs> right. what's going on today, yes. and may he judge you oh, rather you're, than me. You're a better man than I am. And so the guy looks at me, and he says, I'm trying to tell you, man, I'm not that dude. And I'm like, you told me you were that guy. Yeah, you just said you like, were. He's well, like, I'm not that guy. And I'm like, dude, just get on. Yeah. So he drove off, right? Right after this dude drives off, another beat-up Honda pulls <laughs> oh, up. Oh, no. And that's the guy with the microphone. But I don't have $50 right. anymore. Now I've got, got $40 because I gave $10 to that freeloading dude. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I told the guy, I was like, do you know that guy that just drove off? He's like, no. I'm like, well, dude, funny story. I came, I thought he was you. And he was telling me he didn't have a microphone. He was trying to, like, you know, get me some money out of me. I gave him $10. He drove off. Just stay here. I'll be right back. The bank's just down the road. Right. So I had to go get another $10 and come back and, like, pay the dude. So, Oh, man. If that dude's out there listening, I'm sorry. It was a case of mistaken identity. Oh, man. We could have avoided all that if you wouldn't have told me that you were the dude that I was talking talking to. to. Yeah. But, uh. See, you're out because I'd have been like, well, I guess you're going to be hungry then, buddy. You know? Yes. I'm mean, like, Jesus loves you. Uh, guess you're going to be hungry. Maybe try the Salvation Army or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, community soup kitchen, all that. The place you can get pick up a free meal, man. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're a better man than me. So. One time I was uh, standing in front of my restaurant with Jerry and Brenda Rogers early <laughs> in the morning one time, and they had, like, gotten, you know, they feed, like, the international students every once in a while. Right. And they had gotten uh, like a platter of sandwiches, so I took it out the car for them. That you know, I, I, I not to brag, donated it or whatever, but <laughs> right. you know. Uh, so standing out there, and this truck pulls up, and this lady's hanging out the window with a cigarette out of her mouth. She's like, "Hey, y'all got any money? I I got to go to court in Greensboro." <laughs> of course, that's another thing that dude <laughs> yeah. told me. He's like, "I don't have any gas in my car. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I don't know where I'm going to stay. I'm trying to get custody of my child," and I just burst out laughing in her face. Oh, no. You know. 
And like Jerry and Brenda says, two of the sweetest people in the world, you know, because <laughs> I've been downtown with these people for so long. I know all their stories, you know, yeah. and she got a pack of cigarettes. I burst out laughing at her face. I was like, if you knock off on them cigarettes, you'd have some money to get to Greensboro, you know? <laughs> and then Jerry just like pulls out $10 out of his wall. I was like, here you go. Jesus loves you and all that. And I was yes. like, hey, wait, me, make me look real bad, brother Jerry. Appreciate that, you know? Yeah. So I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. Well, that dude, he did get $10 out of me. Okay. But I also was very short with him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, because I thought he was the microphone guy. Yeah, you thought guy. he was pulling one on I you. I thought he was pulling one on I me. I would have thought so. Because he admitted that he, he was talking me, to you. He told me he was the dude I'd been talking to. I uh-huh. get, now I'm, I'm assuming he told me that, just trying to think that if I say I'm that guy, he'll think that I'm, right, we're yeah. friends or something. Right. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. Maybe he just misunderstood me. I don't know. Man, but that oh, sounds like I a Terry so story. There's this dude that used to hang out downtown. Mm-hmm. His name was Terry. He he got everybody in downtown for twenty bucks <laughs> at some point in time with his sob story. <laughs> I mean, he he got all of us, and he he would forget that he got us and come back a few like a couple years later and try and to get try to get again. But I always remember like, dude, you owe me twenty bucks. You know, <laughs> yes. when I'm in Kmart back when Kmart was open one day on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. And I'm looking to get a belt because my belt broke because I'm turning fatter, <laughs> you know, all the time. And I'm walking up and down an aisle, and all of a sudden, boom, he comes on the other aisle. He's like, how you doing, man? And I didn't immediately recognize him because he had a goatee for a while, and he shaved it off. <laughs> right. And uh, I was like, I'm doing fine. I was like, just trying to find a belt before I got to get back to church. He's like, oh, so you a Christian man? Uh-oh. I was like, yes, sir. And he gave me and his He's probably solid. thinking, boy, Christians, yeah. they're easy to get. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and we are. We fall for it all oh, yeah. the time. He started in on a sob story. Same sob story he told me like <laughs> 10 years earlier and has told me a few other times. And I sat there and listened to all of it. When he finished, I was like, Terry, you owe me $20, man. I've already given you money. And he just turned around and walked away. <laughs> no shame. No shame at all. <laughs> no shame. The guy who worked with me one time gave him money and then... uh you know, he came in and gave him money. Well, Brad also bounced down at a bar, and he'd walk down to that. Used to be a BP station on the strip. I don't know I what remember it is that. now. Yeah. It was a shell station uh-huh. or something. And he saw Terry hitting people up for money, so he started hollering, don't give that guy money. You know? <laughs> oh, no. So Terry followed That guy's him. like, dude, you're ruining my business. Right. <laughs> Terry followed him, and the BP was mad at him. He ended up, like, pushing Brad. Well, Brad just tackled him. Oh, you know? no. Yeah, like they got in a fight in the BP store. Oh, gosh. And then they had to sit on the curb and wait for the cops to come because the owner, of course, like <laughs> yes. called the cops. And Brad's like, man, Terry, I'm going to jail because of you. You know, you still owe me money, you know? <laughs> but of course, Brad knew the BP guy because he went in there all the time to get cigarettes or whatever. Yeah. And the BP guy wasn't mad at him because everybody knew Terry's story anyways. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I saw him a few nights ago working at the Kangaroo on Highway 69. He's he was taking out trash bags, and I pulled up. He's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, what's up, Terry? You owe me $20. <laughs> <laughs> and he never said another word to me. Uh, yeah. You know, Jesus told us to, you know, if a man desires your shirt, give him your coat also. Right. If he wants you to go with him a mile, go with him too. Right. And if he wants to slap you on the cheek, turn, turn to him his other end. Yeah. Man, that would just, I mean, that's advice from God right, right there. That's Absolutely. how he wants us to live our lives. Yeah. But, man, I feel like people have really, really taken take advantage, advantage of what God commanded his right. followers to do. Yes. And uh, 
man, some there's a little part of me that I'm like, God, would you just occasionally get one of them? So, <laughs> well, see, I'd figured out a long time ago. Know? If you'll hit them up for a cigarette before they ask you for anything, mm-hmm. then they will not ask you for anything. So I learned <laughs> really? that downtown quickly. Why is that? Because like uh, they already know you don't have anything. You know, oh. if you ain't got any money for smokes. So I've had to smoke many a cigarette <laughs> talking to these people, you know, because I'll be like, I'll get out of my car and I'll see them, you know, and they're like, they be beeline for me. Everybody does. You know, I'm yes. just that guy. Beeline. And when they get about, you know, where they can hear my voice, I'll be like, hey, man, you got a cigarette I can borrow? And a few of them will like whip out a cigarette pack, hand it to me. And I sit there like coughing while I'm talking to them, while they're telling me they need money for their blood pressure medicine or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. I got anything, man. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. Uh, oh. But that'll normally work. If, that is some edgy church humor right that's there. Right. That's right. <laughs> that is, you know, you got to be discerning. And I give yeah. anybody anything anyways. I don't mind. But people like Terry who take advantage of folks, mm-hmm. he doesn't deserve to keep getting a handout, you know. And also, don't lie to me because yeah. you took on the wrong persona, dude. <laughs> yeah, that dude was wrong. <laughs> you could have pretended to be anybody else on the internet that I had anything to do with and been better off than having me convinced that you were the dude trying to <laughs> trying to try, scare you, me. Try, get me up out of bed early on a thursday <laughs> down to a parking lot to you know swap some cash for a microphone <laughs> and, and then you're, I mean, you're like no man i don't have a microphone yeah. but let me tell you what i do have <laughs> i right. have needs right and god and god placed, placed you here <laughs> no dude you placed me here i got up out of bed because you said you were going to sell me a microphone yeah. that's why you're a better man than me because i'd have been like <laughs> rolling that window lock the doors well i was standing outside the car oh, like propped man. up on the like on the hood you know yeah, you're like waiting just yeah chilling. with my arms folded you oh, know oh yeah yeah, just chilling, and yeah. he comes pulling up. He, like, marked you, man. <laughs> he was like, look at this fool. I'm about to go get 20 and bucks I feel off like, of him. I feel, now, maybe I'm totally wrong. I feel like I'm not one of the type of guys that you typically want to just walk up to yeah. and ask for money. No, you're an intimidating-looking dude yeah. if you didn't know you, you know? Like, I mean, I know that I have, like, a, you know, I'm usually wearing a smile on my face. I'm a pretty right. happy guy. But, yeah, but you're a big old dude. It ain't like yeah. me. I mean, people, <laughs> literally, you have no idea, Tiny. People see me <laughs> and just... I I have the weirdest interactions with people. I don't know what it is, but they're like <laughs> the weirdest all the time. We want to thank our sponsor, World Famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, for their support and also for never asking us for any money. <laughs> yes. Check them out at CajunCurl.com. You can order their spice and their Cajun Curl Cutter for potatoes right there on CajunCurl.com. It was created in the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana. It's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Spiral Potato Cutter is absolutely amazing. It's easy to use, easy to clean, and it will allow you to make your own chips using the Cajun Curl Spice. If you're meeting a man in a parking lot <laughs> to buy a microphone yes. and you want a really amazing, whip up a batch of your own homemade potato chips with the Cajun Curl Spice and give them to him. Give them to the dude who comes up who wants money. <laughs> yeah. Save your actual money. <laughs> I'll do you one better. To purchase your microphone. That's right. <laughs> 
on their website, CajunCurl.com, you can not only order the original Bayou Blended Spice and the chip cutter there, but you can find recipes that will blow your mind. You can locate your nearest retailer there or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it. Here locally, it's available at Piggly Wiggly, Mark's Mart, those are both in Northport, and Vowels on Skyland Boulevard and South's Finest Meats, the original carrier, local carrier. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel extremely patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt, and it has a little kick, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Visit them at CajunCurl.com. Make your order there and use the promo code EOP10. That's E-O-P and the number 10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. For community news this week, I have a special treat oh. for everybody. All right. And uh, I'm I'm assuming that most everybody in our audience has heard of them. But just in case you haven't, there's this thing called the Babylon Bee. Mm-hmm. One and of my favorites. It is a hilarious satire site. Yes. And they poke fun in, you know, a very uh, loving way <laughs> at yes. politics, but also Christianity, right? Like evangelicals, right. you know, because it's it's run by a couple, you know, preachers' kids, yeah, and it's hilarious. It's very funny, and you are a top fan. I, I just am. want to point that out, not to brag, but, but on yeah. Facebook, I'm a top fan. Tiny is one of their top fans. <laughs> yes, well regarded in the Babylon Bee <laughs> circle. Well, I've actually been trying to get an interview with them for a while. Okay, and. While Kyle Mann has so far not responded to my emails, I was able to, through a mutual friend on Facebook, get uh, hooked up with a guy named Chris Cowan. Okay. Who occasionally contributes articles. Okay. And so he was very gracious with his time to give us a short little 20-minute interview, and we're going to play that for you all right now. Amen. so much for uh taking some time to talk with me today absolutely yeah i guess i should give you somewhat of an introduction you're actually my first interview so uh joining us today is a former pop marker and writer for the babylon b chris cohen how you doing doing fantastic thanks for having me on your show yeah man so i don't want this interview to be just a praise fest but i I do feel like i should say that me and my co-host john are huge fans of the babylon b and when's the first time you heard about it well that's fine because i'm a huge fan of the babylon b too i first heard about it uh Whenever it came out, which I, gosh, I don't know when that was now, but because I was following the the man who created it is uh, Adam Ford, and uh, he also uh, before he did the Babylon B, he was doing uh, some comics that you can find at Adam the Number Four D dot com, and they're kind of Christian commentary type comics and very like simple cartoons that kind of present either a theological or political argument or something like that, and so. Uh, I was kind of a fan of, of some of the stuff he'd done already. And then when he announced the Babylon B, I immediately started paying attention to that because right off the bat, they were doing stuff that as a, you know, as someone who was raised Christian, I'm a pastor's kid. So I, 
I, I, I found a lot of the commentary on churches and the worship leader with skinny jeans and, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. Very relatable. And it was refreshing to have a version of The Onion that was more relatable to Christians. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really think it filled a void because I'm a Christian and I know that Christians do some really funny stuff. And yeah. it was very refreshing to see someone lightheartedly poking jest at some of the strange things we do. So when did you first get hooked up and actually begin to, to write for them? Just like a... <laughs> A couple months ago. Oh wow! So this has been recent. Yeah, no, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty green still. Okay. Um, so I just a friend of mine is the he's the creative director. I think is is his title right now for Babylon B. Uh huh. And I he's another another one of those people who I just like. I've always loved what he does because I don't know if you, you're familiar with Axe Comp. It was a viral web comic. Yes, I am. Okay, so he created that. You're talking about is his name Ethan Nicole? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Ethan Nicole, he created Axe Cop with his uh, younger brother, which is just a fantastic, ridiculous <laughs> webcomic that it was all the story was from the mind of a five year old. And then Ethan, as an adult and experienced comic artist, was drawing it very like professionally. <laughs> and it was, it's just the most entertaining thing ever. So I was following Ethan from that. And then I kind of connected with him. And he had his own satire website that was called the Bear Mageddon News Network, which was sad. Tire, but with bears. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't read it, but I've seen his uh, book for sale. Bears want to kill you. Yeah, I need to pick one. it up. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> recommend that. Um, it's 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 amazing, and the the amount of care he put into it, and and just like how much laughing I was doing within the first few sentences, it was incredible to me. So definitely, bears wanted to kill you by Ethan Nicole. I highly recommend that. <laughs> But so anyway, so I pitched a few satire, just kind of not even satire necessarily, just like ridiculous ideas for his Bears satire website. Right. One of those, it had to do with Bear Grylls, who's like the man versus wild guy yes. getting eaten by a bear. I'm, I'm butchering it, but it was it was it was hilarious at the time. Trust me. But, but anyway, so I, I, I wrote that and pitched some other ideas to him for that website, and then just within the last year, I think he started writing for the Babylon Bee and started doing a lot of their photoshops and that kind of thing. And then uh, a couple months ago, he invited me to pitch some uh, uh, ideas, and, and so I pitched some ideas for the Babylon Bee. And they used some of those ideas, and then I started writing as well. And so I've been doing that for a little bit now. That is really really cool. Uh, I saw recently, now, was this your article, the Bernie Sanders raises minimum wage for his staffers to $700 an hour, yeah. but yeah. he's the sole campaign staffer? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Bernie Sanders raises staff pay to $700 an hour by laying off everyone who isn't Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bravo. That was, a, that was a funny one. That was a good one. Of course, that was a satire of the whole thing controversy going on right now where he's all like fighting for $15 minimum wage and a lot of his staff are apparently only making $13. So, <laughs> And his, his real world solution to that is, well, rather than pay them what they're asking, I'll just lower their hours so that they're getting paid the same but working fewer hours so that it counts as $15 an hour. So this is just kind of poking fun at, at that whole thing. Yes. Imagine politicians having double standards. I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, who would have really thought? Crazy. Who would have thought? Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. What you said about it, it fills a void. Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, you know, obviously, it fills a kind of Christian void. Of course, of you know, we have to have a Christian version of everything, right? We got to have a Christian <laughs> version of rock and roll. 
got to have Christian version of rap. And then this kind of fills that niche for Christian satire. But it actually, I'm not saying this because I'm a contributing writer. I'm saying this because like I love the B and I, I'm surrounded by geniuses there. And it's actually really good satire. <laughs> like it, it's really good. It's not like, you know, you, you go and see a Christian movie and maybe you can kind of tell, eh, they didn't necessarily have all the budget or talent that a, a regular movie would have but Babylon B like it fills an itch for I feel like the Christian market but also just like for the conservative market because I feel like there's all the late night hosts and all the you know the onion and stuff everybody's really good at covering the liberal take right one of the conservatives but I love that Babylon B is kind of the brings a little bit of balance to that you know? absolutely because I mean I would imagine yeah me and my co-host talk about this there's a lot of issues, and it's it's not always clearly one side or the other. Like if you're a, a Christian, it's hard to to go 100% red team or 100% blue team because they kind of both on various issues. You know, have what am I trying to say? Political points that I a Christian would be, I guess, more prone to adopt as their own. Are you trying to say that like not all Christians are like straight ticket Republicans? <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That is true. But uh, no, I mean, and it's it's cool. We're, they also they're cool with poking fun at conservatives too. Like, there's plenty of obviously Trump jokes, but that's you know, yes, be a little low hanging fruit. But, uh, you know, I was about to say Trump. He gets enough from the mainstream media, but yeah, I definitely see that. I mean, well, the Babylon Bee had one satirical article where they said that King David came out and would appreciate it if people would quit comparing him to Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was good. <laughs> Which it was hilarious to me because I have heard my Sunday school teacher make that exact comparison before in Sunday school. So it right. is hilarious. Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to start those kids early on the, um, becoming the good Republicans. It's, uh, it's your duty. <laughs> yep. So we all kind of know what satire is, but yeah. is there a definition? Like, can you define satire? There's a dictionary definition, of course, but <laughs> right. you know, it basically, it comes down to, I've found for a long time that humor can be one of the best ways to kind of shine a light on something and kind of expose some kind of nugget of truth. Because oftentimes what satire does is it takes like an idea or a position someone has. Yes. And then all you're doing is kind of like maybe stretching that a little bit just to kind of show how absurd it really is. Right. And it's kind of, it tends to be like, it's something that honestly is kind of absurd on its own. Satire kind of stretches it a little, just enough to kind of shine that light on it, I think. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what it is to me. And it's just ridiculous. It's like, it's humor, but I I find that like a lot of truth can come from humor. Like even, even Daily Show, even though like I totally disagree with Jon Stewart on tons of stuff and Trevor Noah, don't get me started. But... <laughs> But I still think, like, you know, and especially Jon Stewart was really good at uh, using satire to shine a light on something that really is ridiculous on its own. But you're just kind of, hey, let's actually talk about how ridiculous this is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then sometimes you get that satire that almost blurs the lines between yeah. being reality and just absurdity. It's almost like it's, I, I feel like it's a hard time. It's a tough time to be a satir satirist. Is that right? I think that's a word. That's totally a word. I, I, I'm going to say it's a word. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But because, I mean, when you got like, when reality becomes so ridiculous <laughs> yes. on its own, like, it's really hard to stretch it a a into something funnier than it already is. 
that's why like a lot of the times with when you have someone like Trump who just says he says the dumbest things okay he really does uh, regardless yes. of, of where you stand politically he says dumb things and then you have AOC who's just like she's like the left version of Trump yeah yeah in a lot of ways but with like less experience I think yes and so and so they're both like the, the, when you have like such ridiculous clowns kind of ruling the world it's like well, how how am I supposed to make fun of this? Like, where's the, like, it's already absurd, you know. How do you make fun of that? And yes. so honestly, I'm there's a couple people on uh, Babylon B who I think are like specialists when it comes to how to make fun of Trump or in a way that hasn't been done a million times, in a way that isn't just the same old uh, Trump stupid, you know, right? Or whatever. And same with AOC. There's sometimes it's it's almost like. I think you have to kind of, instead of just make fun of the person, you kind of got to put the, think like a situation comedy and be like, okay, we've got this character who's dumb. Let's put them in a zany situation. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Which oftentimes they do on their own. And then you just kind of exaggerate that. (laughs) I may be way outside my area of expertise here, but it seems like I remember there was a, a, a debate tactic from, from years and years and years and years ago that the Greeks used called reduction ad absurdum, where you basically just take someone's viewpoint and you show that if you carry it out to its logical conclusion, it's absurd. I definitely see a lot of that in satire today. I thought that was a Harry Potter command or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that might have been a, a Greek debate tactic. I try not to dabble in the dark arts anymore. Uh, we tried to find out who was going to win the college football playoff last year by reading asparagus sticks, and uh, our team lost. So, <laughs> wow. yeah, all those Old Testament commandments, they're there for a reason, man. <laughs> there are a lot of terrible arguments being made all the time. Yes. And a lot of them are just, if really can be isolated down to like, what is the base assumption going on here that is creating this terrible idea? And if you, you can often, yeah, reduce it to, okay, this is really absurd. You follow it to its logical conclusion, and you can show how absurd it is. And that's, I, I think, satire is one of the ways you can do that. So let me ask you this. Uh, how did you get into podcasting? Back, you know, when uh, Steve Jobs announced podcasting with GarageBand. Oh, um, wow. So that you're you're going old school. Yeah, I started in 2006. And, wow. Uh, back when we were both in diapers. And, <laughs> um, and I just basically, on, on MySpace, see, that's how it dated. That's how it <laughs> Wait, what's that? Really go back. <laughs> Who's who, who space? What? Yeah, for for the kids out there, it was like somewhere between like VHS tapes and Kesha. Somewhere <laughs> in it. So, yeah. You know, but yeah, my so I put a shout out on MySpace. Hey, who wants to do a podcast with me? And so a friend of mine, and then a guy I barely knew. We we both started podcasting, and then you know from there it took many different forms and different co-hosts and stuff. Man, I, I love podcasting and uh, and I you know I haven't done it in a, a couple of years now because I've been life's been crazy, but I love podcasting. So welcome to podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're not you're not that new though. You're like a year and a half. That's that's pretty solid. You've been going steady. We have. We've we've released an episode a week, and I think there was one week where we did a podcast, but my memory card wasn't formatted and we lost it. <gasps> But other than that, we've been every single week back to January of 2018, so... 
Awesome, man. Yeah, cool. it's it's a lot of fun, and and like I say, we're a very very small podcast. We've got somewhere between four and five hundred you know listeners a week, but uh, it, it's enough to keep me wanting to do it. You know, well, that's enough to start like a small like new religion. <laughs> or if you want to go real dark, you do the new Jonestown. There you go. <laughs> yes, only only we're going to give you legit Kool Aid, none of this flavor aid bullcrap. <laughs> Well, you guys are Southern Baptists, right? So, we are. We are. You'll, you'll be doing the casseroles for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, we had a review last week. He said that in his review, he said he likes the edgy church humor. And so we've kind of been dubbed the bad boys of Southern evangelical humor. If in the video game realm, we would probably be T for teen. That's, that's nice. about where we're at, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's a good space to be in. And I feel like it's that's that's also a niche that I, I think like the the Christian demographic is is looking for because you know we've had the kind of very safe pure flicks kind of <laughs> yes content you know for for years where you never talk about sex not even inside right. of marriage you never right. talk about it right never exactly. mind God created it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I get that and that you know there's a place for that called, you know, the children's ministry or whatever, but I like kind of some of the shift I've seen within Christian culture where we're like, okay, we're lightening up a little bit and not being kind of so rigid and maybe a little legalistic about like, ooh, we can't talk about that. And it's like, well, have you read the Bible? Yeah. Have you seen the stuff they talk about in there? Cuz uh let me tell you, the Bible is not PG. It's, yes. It's at least PG-13, sometimes maybe even a hard R. So. <laughs> yeah. We were having a discussion in Sunday school one time about, you know, thou shalt not kill. And I always like to point out, it's thou shalt not murder. God, I don't know if you've read the Bible. God killed a lot of people. Yeah, you know, yeah. he killed one dude in Genesis for, quote, spilling his seed. So, you know, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Right, which is another topic for the junior hires. But. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a different time, and uh, I don't understand it now. And that'll probably be somewhere near the top of uh, my list of questions when I when I get to heaven. So that's the thing with the Bible. There's always going to be some mystery. Yes, uh, absolutely. Okay. So uh, I know you said that you haven't been podcasting for a while. The Babylon Bee, you know, does a podcast now. If anyone hasn't heard or, or doesn't know about it, I think they're on episode six, and it's pretty. Have you listened to it? What do you think of it? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Ethan and Kyle are kind of hosting that, and they're doing a, a fantastic job. And I just, I feel like each episode's gotten better and better. Uh, they've had some great guests on. Uh, uh, I can't remember their name, but it's uh, it's like one of their first interviews, I think. Uh, it's with this lady, and the questions are just—I love the questions that come up with because it's—it's it's hilarious. It's like uh, one of the questions is like, "What do you think of feminists? Feminism? Do you do you like it?" <laughs> like, it's, it reminded me of um, if you ever saw that Chris Farley Saturday Night Live sketch where he like he interviews like famous actors. Absolutely, and he just starts like, asking them about the you know, scenes in movies when, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, remember. Remember when the bad guy was going to shoot you, but then you, you, you threw the dish at him and it, it hit him in the face and then, then knocked him out and then you were able to handcuff him? And then like the, the actor's just like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. He's like, that was cool. <laughs> that, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One more thing I was gonna I was gonna bring up uh, while I got you on here the Babylon Bee here not too recently uh, they launched a subscriber model you wanna you wanna plug that at all or no not at all 
Okay. <laughs> I, I can't. You know, I, I have to give a full disclaimer, though, because I'm not technically, like, representative of the B or, like, uh, you know, I'm not like an official staff member. <laughs> right. I'm just a contributor, so I don't want to, like, pretend I'm speaking on behalf of them. But, yeah, you can uh, subscribe to the B as, like, I forget what the term is. I think you probably just said it. But, uh, you know, basically a paid subscriber. Right. And then you, you get kind of exclusive access to a few things. You pitch some of your headlines if you think you've got, you know, some good satire ideas and uh, kind of be part of a, a, a community, basically, where you can kind of constantly be pitching ideas and then, I think there's access to a, a few other perks. But, you know, bottom line is, you know, if you like the Babylon Bee and want to, you know, see it continue, it's a great way to just kind of support the humor, support the talent, and support just the the, the niche they're providing for yeah. probably the underserved Christian and conservative satire mm-hmm. market. So Awesome. But, yeah. I guess that's it. You got anything else you want to talk about? or? Yeah, actually, I have kind of a growth on my, on my toe when I... And it's yeah, kinda like, it like changes colors when I squeeze it. Oh, that is um, disgusting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm not sure if I should. No, I, I <laughs> you should film that and put it on uh, on Instagram. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Um, oh, is this is this the part where I plug my stuff? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, let's talk okay. about your stuff. I don't have much, but right now. Uh, it's a rare time for me, actually. I usually have some, uh, something active. But I, I do have on uh, Instagram an account that rarely gets updated called How to Do the Things. Okay. And if you're looking for a, a do-it-yourself kind of tutorial video <laughs> thing on Instagram, and but you're not sure how to do the things, well, go to How to Do the Things on Instagram and I will, I will show you how, how to do the things. Yeah, I actually started following you on Instagram. I'm guessing this is a different account from... Yeah, it's a different account. Okay, different all right, yeah. Account. Well, I like things, and I like to do things, and sometimes I don't know how to do the go. things, so You're, I'll absolutely follow would, that. You would be my target demographic. <laughs> also, since I'm talking about the creative names I, I have for the stuff I do, I also sometimes I write songs on ukulele and guitar. Okay. I'm not a good musician at all, but if you want to check those out, just search for some songs I wrote on Facebook. Okay. That's, that's what it's called. It's it's a Facebook page called Some Songs I Wrote. You also do some uh, voice stuff on Fiverr, don't you? I do. Yes, and you can find that on Fiverr. That's with two R's. dot com slash Chris Cowan. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I assume that we're best friends now, right? And like, I, I think so. Honestly, if if I wasn't already married, I would uh, invite <laughs> you to my wedding and probably make you my best man. And, and I can just uh, send you all the satirical headlines that pop into my head, and I'm Absolutely. sure you'll appreciate reading them all and probably use every single one of them because every single one that I think of is genius, and that won't be annoying at all. Right. Totally. <laughs> Definitely. I'll, I'll Really looking forward to ignoring those. (laughs) All right, man. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I wish you well. And uh, don't be a stranger, man. I I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Yeah, nice talking to you, too. Well, thank you again so much to Chris Cowan for yes. donating some of his time yeah, to oh, sit yeah. down and talk with us about satire, about politics, and and also some stuff that's just going on right right now in the world of the Babylon Bee. Right, I have to say, uh, probably the biggest interview we've done, 
by at this point in our podcast. That's history, true. Right? I, I think it's our first interview, isn't it? Well, we we did the whole shebang with Rich. <laughs> That's well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Take that back. Yeah, we did. We've had Deidre on, but she was more of a bachelor expert. I was about to say she wasn't an interview; she was a correspondent. Right. True. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so far number one interview we've ever done. Really enjoyed it. Right. I enjoyed every part of it. It was an excellent interview. And I tell you what, if everybody wanted to right now, just shoot an email over to the Babylon B and right. say thanks for oh, Chris yeah. Cowan doing an interview with that my favorite be, podcast. That yeah. would be big. That would be, be big on us. That'd be huge if we get yeah. linked up with them. <laughs> yes. Oh, but you know, their fan base is pretty mean. Sometimes As Christians, there's some really good arguments that go on in there. <laughs> yeah. Whenever they make fun of your denomination, people get really defensive about it. Well, I like to laugh at all of them, including oh, the jokes they make about Baptists. Oh, yeah, because, absolutely. You know, they're hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's super funny. I mean, we can't take ourselves too seriously. No, no, you know? no, no. I don't. I don't get the people who do. Mm-hmm. They're called Church of Christ, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us. No matter where you get us, whether you get us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Castbox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spotify, we're on them all. Yep. If you would like to write into the show, you can reach us at earthoddity at planetmail.net. Mm-hmm. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity. Do you like pictures? <laughs> yes. Sometimes I like at pictures. <laughs> Sometimes we post pictures and you can look at those That's underscore right. earthoddity on Instagram. Right. And if all of that fails, you can call and leave us a voicemail. That's right. What's that number, John? It's 662-493-2059. That is... 662-493-2059. Please call. Yeah, please call. Yeah. I mean, Operators I, are standing by. They're standing by. Long distance charges may apply. You know, <laughs> international rates may apply. But call us. We hope everyone has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.